On today's Locked On Texas podcast, Kenyon Green has been placed on IR and will be out for the rest of the season. How will this affect the offensive line? And Cody and I discuss the final 53-man roster. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a hump day episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Just post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your Texan football analyst, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and of course, joined by none other than your Texan credential media member, beat reporter, and Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. If you are new to the Locked On Texan podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you to our returning listeners and viewers as we continue to talk Texans. The final 53-man roster has been put together. So Cody and I look at more takeaways from Cut Down Day. The Cut Down Day recap. But we are starting today's episode with the news that King and Green has been officially placed on IR for the Houston Texans and will miss the remainder of the regular season. In the same breath, the Houston Texans traded for Kendrick Green from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a guy that Nick Asirio looked at drafting back when he first arrived to Houston a couple of seasons ago. Before we pass it over to you, Cody, Kendrick Green, his preseason so far, 112 snaps at center, a few at right guard, two penalties, one pressure allowed. Missed, didn't play all last year. So we have to go back to the, to the 2021 regular season where he started at Center for the Steelers, 975 snaps that year, three sacks allowed, nine penalties. Cody, when you look at the news of Kenyon Green going on IR, we got to address that first. But Kendra Green as well. The Greens, it ain't always greener <laughs> on the other side. Man. What's your takeaways? It's yesterday was, I hate to put it like this, but it was a sad day, you know. But we saw it on that play where he got beat. Everybody already knows that play that took place on Sunday. Um, he immediately grabbed his arm. And, of course, our good friend Aaron Wilson over at KPRC was the first to report that Green will go on IR and will miss the remainder of the 2023 campaign. Hopefully, speedy recovery. Just take this next year and just get your mind right, get your body right, get your talent right, get everything right, and I hate to put it like this, but training camp of 2024 is going to be do or die for that young man. And hopefully he has an opportunity to actually live up to that potential. So I do want to look at how does Kenyon Green being out on IR affect Houston right now, right? We know the news. He's out. He won't be playing this year. And you're saying training camp of next year. I think there's a possibility that whenever he is healthy to play football again, Houston may explore moving on from him. But we'll just see how that works out. You don't want to root against a young man. However, now we have to look at 
what's in front of us, right? And so that left guard position, especially considering Michael Dater was cut by the Houston Texans, and I thought that was a head scratcher, one of the more smaller head scratchers on the day. That left guard mm. position is now up for grabs. Kendrick Green is now in Houston. Cody, you have some <laughs> colorful <laughs> words or adjectives used to describe Kendrick Green, who came over from the Steelers and saw our man CC Chris Carter, Chris Carter mm-hmm. from the Lockdown Steelers, has some words about him. But Jared Patterson, Josh Jones, who Houston just traded a fifth round pick for, could he eventually play? that left tackle position for Houston. They have two weeks before the start of the regular season. I think George Fant will lock down that right tackle position for the time being. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that last game, though it was going up against the number twos and maybe threes for the New Orleans Saints, I thought that he looked very good. I also go back to the Miami game where I thought he was pretty decent as well. And with the center position being a question mark right now because Juice Scruggs is also injured. Oh, I know. Due to a hamstring. And it's funny because going into training camp, the two, you know, the the top two groups were the secondary and the offensive line. The secondary is still a top group for Houston, but the offensive line has question marks between the left guard, the center, and even with the right tackle position. And so I'm looking at that combination between left guard and center. I thought that Kenyon Green, Kenyon Green, and Juice Scruggs play well with each other against against the Miami Dolphins. That whole entire week, actually, the entire week, I thought they were putting in some good work. But now that continuity of the offensive line is off, and so you look at the possibility, at least for Week One, maybe Week Two, of Jared Patterson, rookie, getting the start at center. I'm not 100 sure. I also believe Houston will take this time to steal. Scout the market, see what players are out there. Dalton Rosen is a name that comes to mind immediately. But when I look at the Houston Texans right now, they have question marks and they have holes on this offensive line. And with Kendrick King and Green, excuse me, being out <laughs> for the season now, Josh Jones coming in, so he's going to go through what uh, your boy Pep Hamilton used to call that ramp up period. Mm-hmm. These players are going to go through a process within the next two weeks of getting caught up, and I think that's going to throw off what Houston can do offensively, especially considering I think that there were some mistakes made on cut-down day. Michael Dater, who just ran with the number ones, played very good and was a part of this team for the entire offseason. I don't get moving on from him, from him when you consider the next best option now for Houston is a guy that hasn't been good in the NFL when I look at Kendra Green, didn't play at all last year. Going back to 2021 was not good. And I think he was playing fullback at one point for the Steelers. Hmm. Then you look at Jared Patterson, who did play well on Sunday. However, he's a rookie. And if he goes down, or if the miscommunication isn't there with him, who's your backup? Jimmy Morrissey, I believe, is going to be on the practice squad. I'm just confused about the whole situation. Now you look at two greens, one going out, one coming in. How will Houston in the next two weeks find ways to get these players up to speed and ready for week one? Cody, what did CC, Chris Carter, my man, from the Locked On Steelers have to say about Kendrick Green? He put it plain and simple. 
It ain't good, bro. LOL. That's all he had to say. Um, Chris did go on and say when he is utilized as a fullback, he's a little bit better. However, if you play him at center, he's going to get your quarterback kill. John, that is not what you want to hear, especially considering that you're going to be going into the season with a rookie under center. Um, the, the addition of Kendra Green it's confusing. This is a young man who was drafted in 2021. Um, as you already put it, they they did try to like utilize him as a fullback, I believe, going into training camp in 2022. He made the 53-man roster, but was always a healthy scratch. As a matter of matter of fact, he spent the entire 2022 campaign as a healthy scratch. So you're also looking at a standpoint that this is a man who hasn't played in the NFL game since 2021. So it's scary, man. According to Pro Football Focus, the one year that he did play offensive lineman, uh, he finished with an overall grade of 52.4. Um, this whole situation regarding the offensive line is sad. This was an offensive line coming into the season I looked at as top 15, probably top 15, number 14 or 15. But as of right now, man, it just ain't, it's not looking good. I also want to add that if the Houston Texans would have waited until Wednesday to put Kenyon Green on IR, he'd only missed four games. Mm -hmm. So he could have waited, could have had opportunity to bring him back, but he's going to be out for the season. And I want to go back to what we talked about for Tuesday's show. This was an opportunity for Houston to just say, let's remove you from football. Right. And let's let's give you an opportunity to get your mind right. Um, and, and I think this was going on. Uh, I also want to look at Nick Asirio. Um, A conversation has to be had for Nick Asirio. Jordan Davis was available at 12 before they moved back in the draft last year. Uh, Jonah Dotson, a receiver, Johan Dotson, excuse me, a receiver that could have helped out Houston. Now, last year, Zion Johnson, another guard. Uh, when you look at some of the Tyler Linderbaum, when you look at some of the players that were available last year, Nick Asario did not draft them. Now you're left with a guy that you don't know if he's going to make it to his fourth year uh, as a Houston Texan on this franchise. And so at some point, Nick Casario will start to get some of the blame. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just add your job, super easy, create it to the free job posting on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
How do you go about, you know, once you see your teammate get cut, how do you go about, like, go about, like, kind of lifting the experience up, you know, and telling them, you know, that the journey doesn't stop here, you know, you just got to keep going? Yeah, you know, just constantly reminding them that whenever we go out there and play, we're always auditioning for 31 other teams, you know. Um, go out there and just give it your all. And for the most part, everybody understands that they're going to go out there and do these preseason games and, you know, go 110 miles an hour through, through, through walls or anything like that, but I just constantly tell them our resume is what we put on film. And if you feel comfortable with what you put on film, you got nothing to worry about. People will come calling and looking for you. You just got to just have an open mind and a clear head. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans, which you guys just heard was Jerry Hughes. Um, last week, had an opportunity to ask him, of course, how do you go about lifting your teammates' spirits up after they get cut on cutdown day? And, of course, that's what we're going to transition to because prior to the news about Kenyon Green and Kendrick Green, um, of course, we, we we had planned to open up this latest installment of Locked On Texans with the 53-man roster. But as everybody know, cutdown day was on yesterday. And, John, there are a couple questionable moves that general manager Nick Casario and head coach D'Amico Ryans made. My biggest head scratcher out of all of this, four running backs. And you kept Darrell Gumbawale. Now, I was told that Garway will be utilized more so on special teams, but I'm not too sure how that makes sense. Can you help me with that? Uh, no, uh, I thought. <laughs> so, you know, it, it mean, you still need guys to play special teams, honestly. And, mm-hmm. and so do I think Darrell is going to get a lot of opportunities at running back? Absolutely not. No. I think that he's going to be a player that Houston maybe just likes on special teams. You know, Frank Ross coming back for another year. He had an opportunity to be on that special teams last year with Frank Ross. And maybe there are some things that Frank loves about him that we don't know. So uh, keeping Dare may be a head scratcher. I think my biggest head scratcher, when we look at the Texans – Cut down day recap. And by the way, if we could just go through them really quick. Tyler Beach, Thomas Booker, Jalen Camp, Cameron Dantzler, I thought mm. was a surprise. Austin Deckless, Jared Dokes, Kobe Francis, another surprise. They also kept Tavier Thomas over Desmond King, Kobe Francis. And so safety Brandon Hill, the rookie out of Pittsburgh, never got an opportunity to really see what he could do or not on the field. Johnny Johnson, Darius Joyner. Dalton King was a surprise. Jimmy Morrissey, Jordan Murray, Adedeo, Alawale, uh, EJ Perry, Larry Tree, Gary Wallow, Jerry Wayne. Hopefully he returns back on the practice squad um, and some more guys. My biggest surprise, honestly, Khalil Davis outplayed every defensive tackle not named Sheldon Rankins and Malik Collins. And I'm going to go as far to say as he outplayed Hassan Ridgeway. So keeping Ridgeway, which is understandable, you did sign him in the offseason. But keeping my man Kurt, the undrafted rookie from last year, who I thought played very well going back to last year through training camp in the preseason, keeping him over Khalil Davis, I think is a head scratcher, honestly. Um, and I also think, Cody, you may have a problem with this. What I did like was keeping Derek Rivers over Jacob Martin. Oh heck no. Mm-mm. 
I, I, I didn't like it because Jacob Martin, for one thing, I go back to what I saw through our training camp. And that was Jacob Martin running majority of his reps with the ones and the twos, twos. And a lot of times he was running with the ones. We saw Jacob Martin get not one, but two starts in preseason. And you telling me you're going to keep him over there, Rivers, a guy who has spent what the last two, three years on your on injured reserve? That doesn't make sense to me. Plus, going back to training camp, that was a young man who played majority of his time with the twos and the threes. Majority of his time was with the twos. I like Jacob Martin because he was a guy where you saw he was one of those guys where in order for you to get a true sense of the impact that he had on that defensive front, you had to be there to watch. You're not going to grab the yeah, stat sheet and say he's, he's yeah. one of those players. Exactly. He embodied what Coach D'Amico Ryan's want out of his guys when you look at a swarm defensive player. Somebody who's going to attack the ball, somebody who's going to be able, even if, even if they don't, sack the quarterback somebody that's going to create pressure and disrupt the opposing team's backfield that's what you want and that's what you had and jacob martin i don't understand the move of releasing him especially keeping him over Derek rivers except for the fact that rivers is one of those guys who came from the new england patriots that and i think Derek rivers is a true true dn in the sense of every word uh, I also think that Derek Rivers does a better job at setting the edge than Jacob Martin. That's just me. Mm-hmm. But I think considering what we now know about King and Green, the trade with Kendrick Green, uh, the offensive line in, in, in general, I think the head scratcher of the night of the day, excuse me, was letting go of Michael Dater. Honestly, <laughs> I, I just so this is a team. And and hopefully we get an opportunity to have our Wakanda Forever podcast with me, you, Big Sarge, and Brandon K. Scott, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a team that doesn't have the CMCs, the Dalvin Cooks, the uh the 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 running back that can thrive regardless of what's around them. And when mm-hmm. you look at teams like Atlanta and Detroit, a lot of people criticize Atlanta for drafting B. John Robinson that high. A lot of people criticize Detroit for drafting Jameer Gibbs that high. But those are two running backs that can pretty much do a lot of things without the offensive line being perfect. Houston doesn't have that right now. We'll see what Damian Pierce can do through 16 games. He's a runner who I really do love as a player and running back. But this team, is the success of the offense is predicated on protecting and being able to move bodies out the way. right? They want to run the ball, right? We know that. We didn't see Damian Pierce have a good, really good run until Dalton King was out on that field and the offensive line with Michael Dater starting was out on that field and they were able to move bodies. Granted, against twos and threes, but they still look good as a unit. C.J. Stroud, whenever he went down there and tossed that touchdown on that drive, those two drives, was not pressure because the offensive line played good enough to keep the bodies away from him until he got the ball out of his hands. And so what I'm getting at is the offensive line is going to be this bread and butter. And with the injuries to the offensive line, I thought it would have been smart to keep a player that's been here since, quote-unquote, day one, going back to camp and whatever the case is, since they signed him. And so I think that's the head-scratcher for me. I would have kept Michael Dater because, at the very least, I saw you perform, I saw you perform well, and you pretty much know – and get the gist of what we're trying to do here offensively.
feel like me. I'm just a little bit different. Uh, like I say, my whole career has been like that. I've never made the 53 man right off the bat. So me, it's everything for me. It's always been about competing. I'm cool with competing at the end of the day, and, and that's just how it played out. What would it mean to you? So, this is the first time you made the 53 man. Yeah, uh, it would definitely mean a lot. You know, what I'm saying that's all, that's always my ultimate goal when I, from day one when I go into training camp is to do my best and, and do whatever is asked of me at a high level so that I can give myself an opportunity to make the 53. But um, like I say, if I if that if that was to happen, that would be great. But that doesn't you know that doesn't stop letting the work keep going. Yeah. Thanks, man. Shout out to Grillin' Arnold for the very first time in his career. Oh my kid, too, right? Ready for both. Yes, yes. Oh, nine. He made the initial 53-man roster, and that's what you guys just heard. Last week, I talked to him one-on-one, and, um, you know, it's been a journey for that kid. I believe he he entered the league as an undrafted free agent with the Philadelphia Eagles, I believe, in 2020. And the, the one thing that I always respected and love about Arnold, and he's been here over the last two years, was the fact that that was a young man who was always fighting on the field. Um, and you could see him and every time he was on the field, whether, you know, he was getting snaps on the defensive side of the ball or, or there on special teams, he was always giving it his all. The one thing that he did went on and say that if he did make the 53 man roster, um, the work doesn't stop. He's going to continue that grind. So shout out to Grayling, man. Can't wait to see what the 2023 season has in store for him. Talk about takeaways, John. I'm a little bit happy, but at the same time, I'm scratching my head a little bit because. Why do they keep Revin Jordan? I know it. <laughs> exactly. I know it. I mean, yeah. I, like, I go back to the statements that I keep harping on in terms of injuries. When you look at some of these cuts, like a Thomas Brooker, when you look at some of these cuts, like a Christian Kersey, um, a Charlie Head, these are guys who was out for majority, if not all, of training camp and preseason. And Brevin Jordan fit the bill. That's why I kind of thought that it was uh, without a shadow of a doubt he was going to be be cut on this day. However, you take a look at that tight end group, and don't get me wrong, and maybe we'll get into this tomorrow, but that is one of the positions I do believe they need to upgrade when they start looking at the players that's going to be on a wire, the players that's going to be on an open market, but I was honestly shocked to see Brevin Jordan Nay as part of the initial 53. Now, he did go down at the start of training camp with a hamstring injury. And as of right now, um, the recovery process has been going good. And he is projected to come back for the season opener against the Baltimore Ravens. But at the same time, if you look at some of these cuts, I think he possibly could have been in that in, in that group of guys who did not get a fair opportunity. Who's that? Who didn't get a fair opportunity? Brevin Jordan. I'm talking. I'm talking about throughout training camp and throughout preseason because he only he only spent, I believe, the first week of training week camp he was healthy. Out there. Yeah. And even when you go back to what he did in OTAs and what he did in mandatory minicamp, I mean, yeah, he had a couple catches, but it wasn't nothing to be like, wow, that very, guy definitely should be on a 53 man roster. Very underrated, underwhelming uh, from Brevin Jordan. And Brevin Jordan is a guy that I thought would really be good for Houston. Hasn't huh. panned out. I, uh, when I look at guys that made the roster, I think is undoubtedly Brevin Jordan. I'm, I'm kind of like, eh. Because I, I, let me, I'll say this. I feel like Brevin Jordan's spot could have went to Dalton King. I, I say Jordan Murray. 
Because Jordan Murray did go out there. He was able to provide you something in the passing game and in the blocking game as well. Now, I get it, undrafted from Hawaii, but that young man, he was pretty decent throughout training camp and preseason. And I'm not mad at that. I actually do like Jordan Murray, and I hope Houston can bring him back on their practice squad. Uh, the Texans can have up to 16 players on their practice squad, so I hope that he's mm-hmm. one of those guys. But I thought Dalton King, man, if this is a team – that really wants to run the ball. Keen was amazing when Houston ran behind them. And when I look at this team wanting to be a franchise that turns it around and doesn't want to win three games and four games and want to be competitive, it's the small things that matter to me. And Dalton King was about that. And Brevin Jordan, who has had two years to prove that he can do those small things, hasn't. I think Brevin Jordan has averaged what? Eight catches a season. Well, he spent more time as a healthy scratch than he is on the active roster. So that brings me back to my point. I don't think – here's my bold prediction. I don't think Brevin Jordan ends the season as a Texan. I can unfortunately see that. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest takeaway is um, this, this team is put together as of right now two weeks for the start of the real season, right? And I don't think – this is the final form of this team. I don't. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, no. Clearing up that space for Christian Kirksey, clearing up that space from Desmond King, getting some of that money back. Uh, I'm anticipating to see how much money Houston now has in salary cap, waiting for everything to be adjusted. But uh, this is a team that could potentially look at maybe a free agent that's out there now still or getting their money right in order to trade for a player before the start of the regular season. I just I, I don't see D'Amico settling with this team right now. And I also think the linebacker group needs an upgrade. Been saying it for a while now, not sold on that group as a whole. And I think that they need some upgrades because I don't think HT, the rookie, my man Henry is ready to play majority of defensive snaps right now. I just don't think he is. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans. Make sure you make sure that you subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. Give me a follow on Twitter at John underscore Hickman twelve. Follow the Locked On Texans page on on Twitter as well at Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. On tomorrow's show, we will have takeaways on what general manager Nick Serio had to say about King and Green, his draft picks, and his thoughts of this roster heading into the 2023 campaign. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.